Well, it is good to see each of you here this morning. I understand had a real good crowd here last Sunday for Easter. Uh, we weren't here. We were over in uh, Douglas going to Easter services with our son, his wife, and their uh, 10-month-old daughter, and just had a great experience with them. First time she had been to, to church, and she just really loved it. We didn't know how she was going to react, but she got in there and saw all those other children, and she just had a, had a great time uh, seeing so many people, because uh, I don't guess she'd seen that many before in her life at one time. So she really enjoyed it, and we were uh, glad to be able to enjoy that time uh, with them last Sunday. And usually the Sunday after Easter, our attendance usually falls off. And uh, But I'm glad to see each of you here. Uh, I know that you're glad to be here, and it's good to see each of you this morning. God's still going to bless us and uh, going to, to speak to us. Uh, remember my dad used to always say something, too. He said, when the cat's away, the mice will play. So Brother Billy's out, so some feel like they could probably take a Sunday off too. So uh, anyway, but we're glad that you are here and know that God's going to, to bless you in, by your presence today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture from Luke chapter 24, and I'll be reading the verses 13 through 35. Luke 24 and uh, verses 13 through 35, I've entitled this message, A Walk from the Resurrection, and you will understand that in just a moment as I begin reading this. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. In other words, they were a little depressed. They were a little upset. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since this all took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them, and when he was at the table with them, he took bread, and having uh, 
gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while we talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus recognized them by them when they broke the bread or when he broke the bread. Most people know that Easter is really, really big, but they just don't know why. And I remember as a child, Easter was a, a good, good experience because I knew on Easter morning there'd be an Easter basket waiting for me. And I knew in that Easter basket there would be some candy and other good goodies to eat. Uh, there wasn't a lot of candy back then. It was a lot of those old boiled eggs that you would boil and then you'd have to dye and, you know, put Easter colors on them and all that. And those would be in there and you'd crack them and eat a boiled egg. And those were all right, but I didn't really like that. But I did love the candy. But we wouldn't get into the Easter basket because we would be going to church. And so we'd go to Sunday school and church. We'd hear the, the, the Easter story from our Sunday school teacher. Then my dad would preach his Easter sermon. And then we'd finally get home and we could get into those Easter baskets. And I, I just loved Easter as a child because I knew I was going to get that extra little uh, candy for, uh, for that special day. And uh, now they have something that I really like on Easter, Cadbury eggs. I don't know how many of you have ever tried those, but those things are, are great. I wish they had them when I was a child, but they didn't. But I can still eat a few of them now that I'm grown up. And so, to me, that's what Easter was all about until I became a Christian. Then I realized that Easter was more than that Easter basket. It was more than getting that candy on Easter Sunday morning. It was celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ had been put to death, but three days later on Easter Sunday, he arose from the dead. He was victorious over death, and because of that, I could become a believer. I could have Jesus as my Savior and walk with him. So anyway, this is what happened to, to the disciples, these two disciples of Jesus. Uh, they knew there was something big that had happened, but they didn't really see what, what it was. So these followers, they were walking away from Jerusalem, going to Emmaus, a village about seven miles from, from Jerusalem. And it would probably take them a couple of hours to do that walk because, uh, you know, it takes a, a probably about an hour to walk three miles. And so it would take you two, a little over two hours probably for them to walk from Jerusalem uh, to, to Emmaus. And so they were out walking and they were just uh, talking among each other, trying to figure out the events that had happened. The, 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 the leader they had been following, Jesus Christ, had been put to death. And they just knew he was going to be the new king to set Jerusalem and Israel free and just to be a great leader for them. But then he was killed. And so they were discussing all this. And, and as they shuffled down the mountainside, another person joined them. And it was Jesus himself who came near to them and began to walk with them. Now then, they did not realize that this was Jesus. So my first question to us this morning is, why don't we see 
Jesus. While Luke doesn't explain why the two did not recognize who Jesus was right off the bat, I have some suspicions this morning. The reason the two travelers on the road to Emmaus did not recognize Jesus are some of the same reasons that you and I do not recognize Jesus. That first reason is, is because sometimes we are a little too busy. These two disciples were in a hurry to get to their destination. Don't know what they were going to Emmaus for, but, but they were leaving Jerusalem. They were trying to get to Emmaus because it was late in the day and they wanted to get there before nightfall. And so they were busy. They realized the day was almost over. And furthermore, they were caught up in all the events of that weekend, everything that had happened. You know, on Monday before, Jesus had walked into Jerusalem and they were honoring him as a king. But by Friday, they were nailing him to the cross of Calvary and he died in agony on that cross for our sins. And they could not understand that. They were trying to put all this together. And they were so busy, you know, going over this in their minds and trying to think through it and understand what had happened. And so they couldn't put it all together. They had places to go, people to see, and things to do. They were busy on their trip to Emmaus. Their minds were busy. They were trying to put all this together, and they didn't realize that it was Jesus who was walking with them and talking to them and wanting to have fellowship with them. They did not realize that Jesus was with them. The problem with being busy is that we miss out on some of the most important things in life. We miss our children growing up. We ignore our spouse's needs. We sacrifice our health sometimes. We destroy our souls, and we don't recognize Jesus. All of us can get busy. It's just part of the human nature. Sometimes we get busy. We just get so busy doing everything in our life that, that we don't see Jesus. We don't see our family as he wants us to. We don't see all the important things in life. I've been there, and I know you've been there. You work, and you work, and you work, and you, you need to work a little bit more, and you just, you know, it's just a constant thing being busy. And that's what we're taught many times is you've got to work to take care of your family and to take care of the needs that you have. And so we work and we work and we work and we stay busy. And if we're ever still for a little while, we think something is wrong. We don't need to be still. Uh, that's the way I was brought up, son. You've got to keep working. You've got to do something. You've got to be active. But sometimes we have to cease from being so busy so that we can really see Jesus Christ and experience him so remember don't get so busy that you miss Jesus again I've been guilty of it and all of you have but let's try to slow down occasionally so we can really see Jesus several years ago there was a story told about uh, the Pope he was going to visit Colorado I don't know if this is a true story but it sounds pretty good and he was anxious to get to a meeting that he was supposed to attend so the limousine that was assigned to pick him up did so, and off they went. The chauffeur, sh chauffeur in the uh, vehicle knew that he was transporting the Pope or the Holy Father, and he wanted to be very careful, so he only went 55 miles an hour on the road. Well, the Pope needed to get to that meeting, and he was uh, anxious. He wanted to get there, so he told the driver to pull over and let him drive and him get in the back seat. 
So the Pope got in the front seat, and he put the pedal to the metal. He got going 85 miles an hour down the interstate. And lo and behold, a state trooper saw him, and he pulled out, and he began to follow him and finally was able to pull over the, uh, the, the, show, the, the limousine that the Pope was driving. So immediately he realized, you know, this is the Pope, and he called, radioed in back to his superior captain, and he says, I really caught a big one today. The captain said, did you catch the district attorney? No, bigger than that. You have a senator. And the, the officer said, no, sir, you don't understand. He's the top of the line. Do you have the president of the United States? He said, no, understand, this is really big. And he said, for heaven's sakes, tell me who you've pulled over. And he said, well, Captain, I'm not sure who it is, but the Pope is his chauffeur. So <laughs> anyway, you know, he didn't know who it was. And just like these disciples, they knew they were with somebody, but they didn't know exactly that it was Jesus Christ. They knew he was somebody important because he was smart. He was telling them things about the Scripture, uh, about what Jesus was supposed to go through. And so sometimes we're so busy and so active, we don't recognize Jesus. Another time, or another reason we don't see Jesus is because we're not really looking for him. These two men did not recognize Jesus because they really weren't looking for him. They thought Jesus was dead, he was in the tomb, and he had died, and he was not with them anymore. Even though they heard the reports about him being resurrected, they still didn't believe that yet. And so they weren't looking for them. They had not made that connection of Jesus' promise in Jerusalem with his presence with them on the road to Emmaus. Jesus promised that he would rise again on the third day. But they still didn't understand that. They could not comprehend that Jesus was this man that they were walking with. Notice the irony in this text. What day is it? Besides all this, they realized it was the third day since these things had happened. And they had heard Jesus say, on the third day, I will come back to life again. What had the women discovered earlier that morning? They discovered the empty tomb. The angels appeared to them and said, He's not here because he's not dead. He's alive. They heard all these things, but they still were not looking for Jesus. They still thought that he was dead. So what did their companions discover when they buried Jesus' burial place? They realized that he was not there, that he was alive, but they still didn't realize that this was Jesus because they were not looking for him. They thought that he was still in that tomb, that he was dead. The evidence of Jesus returning to life was escalating, and these two men did not see Jesus on the road that day simply because they were not looking for him. They were not looking for him that day. Several weeks ago, I have to take my mom every week to get groceries and, um, and other things that she needs. So we were out doing that, uh, that Friday get-together and went to Publix to get her prescriptions refilled and gave the uh, lady there the uh, debit card so we could uh, pay for her things. Got all that back, and we took off, went to eat lunch at Cracker Barrel like she likes to do every time, and then got through there and went to Walmart to get her groceries. We got ready to check out, could not find her debit card. 
could not find it. I said, oh my gosh, this is not good. And so I pulled mine out and used it to pay for the groceries. We got back to the car and I started looking for that debit card. I'd already pulled my pockets out, inside out. My wallet looked through all that, could not find her debit card. So I said, hey, I guess I'm just going to have to have to call the bank and get them to cancel this thing before somebody uses it. And so uh, we got back from the in, from Walmart and loaded all the things in the car and I kept looking and I looked in the back seat and there were her prescriptions and I looked and all of a sudden I spotted the debit card inside the plastic bag with all of her prescriptions. The young lady that had uh, filled the order at the, at the drugstore had put the debit card back in the plastic bag and I did not look at it, did not see it there when she handed it all back to me. But thank goodness I kept looking because I found it. And if I hadn't have kept looking, I would have missed it. And we would have had to go through that process of canceling that card, getting a new card. And you know all that. It's a, it can be complicated to get all that done. So anyway, I'm glad that I kept looking. I'd almost given up, but I kept looking. So that's what we have to do. We have to look for Jesus sometimes. Sometimes we have to put a little more effort in, and then we'll be able to see Jesus. So look for Jesus. Look for him in these events of your life. Another reason we don't see Jesus is because sometimes we are depressed. Uh, the, the scripture I read said that their faces were downcast. In other words, they were sad. They had thought that this man, Jesus, was the king that they had been long awaiting for to come and straighten Israel out and put them back in prominence once again. They thought he was going to be an earthly king that would really be the one that they were looking for. And so they were very depressed. They, they were, were grieving the fact that this Jesus, whom they had put so much hope and trust in, was going to be the king, and now he was dead. And so as they were, were, were walking down the road to Emmaus, uh, they just were shuffling, and, and, and their, shoe, their sandals were just dragging the ground, so to speak, because they were, they were depressed. They were upset about all these events. You and I live in times that can be depressing, don't we? If you listen to the news, you can get depressed real quick. And you look around the world and see what all is going on. It can be depressing. But thanks be unto God, we know that Jesus Christ is alive and that he has made a difference. And if we trust him, he will make a difference in our daily lives. But these men were depressed. And, and sometimes we do get depressed as Christians when we see everything that's going on. We wonder, you know, what good is there anymore? When is God going to come back and straighten these things out? So we do get depressed. And, and when we're depressed, we're not going to see Jesus. We're not going to really experience him as we should. So when those times in your life come, you get a little depressed, look for Jesus because he can help turn you back into joy and happiness. Another reason we don't see Jesus is that sometimes we're pessimistic. Uh, these two men did not lack for evidence. They had all the evidence they needed. I mean, Jesus had told them before he died, I'm going to, to be nailed to a cross. I'm going to die, but three days later, I'm going to come back to life. And then when the women went to the tomb early that morning, they didn't find him. And they were told by angels, he has arisen. And so these men had all the evidence they needed that Jesus was indeed alive. They didn't need to keep wondering and, and, and debating among themselves. But they were 
pessimist because they just did not realize that Jesus was walking with them. So they had the evidence. They just lacked the hope that they needed for Jesus Christ. It's an amazing thing about us as humans. We have an incredible capacity for doubt. We simply don't believe that Jesus will show up in our lives. We see TV programs. We see the movie Ten Commandments, and we've seen that, that the TV series Touched by an Angel, and that all looks good, but we think God's not going to work that, like that in my life. Jesus is not going to enter in my life and do some great things, but he will. I promise you he will. I've been a Christian since I was 10 years old, and there have been some tough times, but I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ has been the one who has, has made my life what it is made it richer he has blessed me so we don't have to be pessimistic because Jesus is alive there's a story told about a man who was the ultimate pessimist an instructor said to his new parachute trainee when you jump out of the plane the ripcord will pull automatically but if it doesn't pull the auxiliary chute on your back if that doesn't work, well, there'll be an ambulance down on the ground uh, there waiting for you. So the trainee went up in the plane and got ready. He jumped out, and of course, guess what? That parachute didn't open, so he pulled the ripcord for the auxiliary one. It didn't work either. And so as he was gliding down, he said, you know, I bet the ambulance is not going to be there either waiting on me. So, uh, you know, we can be pessimistic or we can be optimistic. And we can be optimistic because Jesus Christ is the Lord of our life. Jesus defeated death. He defeated all these bad things in the world. And if we'll just place our trust in him, we can make it through this life. We can make it through another day. We don't have to be pessimistic because we know that Jesus Christ is alive. Now we've seen why we don't see Jesus. Let's look for a few minutes what happens when we see Jesus. When the village of Emmaus was finally in sight, Jesus still was unknown to them. They didn't realize it was him. And he decided, they decided to, to, that, or he decided he was going a little bit further. But these men encouraged him to, you know, to, to stay with them a little bit longer. They had enjoyed talking with him, and they wanted him to stay with them a little bit longer. So they urged and insisted that, that, that he stay with them. And then they made it, uh, he made it into Emmaus with them, and at the table is where it happened. Listen to what it says in the scripture. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread, he blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Yeah, they finally realized it was Jesus that had been walking with them this entire time. They realized it was him. As he broke the bread and began to give it to them, they realized this is Jesus Christ. He's the one. He's the one that was with them. We don't know why they finally recognized him. It could have been they saw those nail scars in his hands. But for some reason, then at that dinner table, they realized that Jesus was the one they had been walking with all the way from Jerusalem. He had been accompanying them, and they didn't realize it. But then they finally saw him, and what joy came into their hearts and lives. 
a man from Colorado moved to Kansas and built a house with a large pitcher window from which he could look out and see all the miles of rangeland. He made this comment. He said, the only problem is there's nothing to see. It's just wide open and vast land, nothing to see. At about the same time, a man from Kansas moved to Colorado. He built a big house with a large picture window overlooking the Rocky Mountains. But he said, the only problem is I can't see anything. The mountains are blocking my view. And, you know, we can say that over and over in our lives. We don't see Jesus, and we never will see him physically. But I promise you, if you look at your life, you can see evidence of Jesus Christ in your life. I look back over all the years of my life and I can look and see where Jesus was there with me, where he was caring for me, where he was walking with me and caring for me like no other. Jesus was there. We will be able to see him. And when we realize that Jesus is with us, oh, what a difference that will make in our hearts and lives. The moment of recognition, as I said, came when Jesus broke the bread to these disciples of his. Many believe it was because at that instant they saw his nail-pierced hands. The breaking of the bread, as in the feeding of the 5,000 and at the Passover table, was an unforgettable gesture of self-revelation. Resurrection light had finally dawned on them. They finally realized that Jesus, though he was crucified on the cross and he died on that cross, he had been victorious over death and he was resurrected. And now that truth pierced their hearts and hope abounded. They were excited now. They were not tired. They were not sluggish. They were not depressed. In fact, they headed back to Jerusalem. They couldn't wait to get back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples that, hey, Jesus really is alive. He is alive. He was walking with us on the road to Emmaus, and now we know that he is alive. So now all that de depression and all that anxiety, it was now taken away, and they had hope because they had seen Jesus Christ. He is risen. He is risen indeed. They recognized Jesus Christ and what joy it brought to their hearts and lives. They recognized him. Several weeks ago, I went into to Lowe's like I like to do and just look around. And, and I ran into a guy. I knew I was supposed to know him. He looked familiar, but he was, he was old. And uh, I got talking to him. I said, I know I'm supposed to know you. He said, yeah, we, we graduated from high school together. I said, that's right. And... Uh, and then I got thinking, you know, I probably look old to him too. So anyway, we got talking and, and remembered all those times we had at, at school growing up and the, the times we, you know, had together. And it was just good to see him, but it took me a few minutes until I recognized him because, you know, I knew I was supposed to know him, but I just couldn't, you know, get it all together. And then he finally told me who he was. And when I, you know, when I recognized him, we just had a great time of, of sharing those old school memories that we had. And let me tell you something. When you recognize Jesus, he's going to make an impact and a difference in your life. You see, when these disciples realized that it was Jesus, that was burned into their minds for all eternity. They were going to follow Jesus no matter what. They were ready to give their all for him. 
Now, as our worship team, if they want to start coming, we're getting ready to, to wrap things up. Uh, their hearts were aflame with Easter fire. So they said to each other, weren't our hearts ablaze within us while he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us? They had this burning, this excitement in their hearts. The word used for hearts here simply refers to everything we are, our emotions, our intellect, our spirituality. It, it, it is everything. And to be ablaze was to be rekindled or renewed with life. They were excited now. They were ready to live their life for Jesus Christ, and they were ready to follow him no matter what. They realized that he was alive and that he would be with them forevermore. Just as Cleopas and his friend caught the fire on the Emmaus Road that day, I'm telling you, you can too. Jesus is still the same Jesus he was then. He can bless you right now. He can change your life. If you recognize him for who he is, the resurrected and living Savior. Jesus is the one who has time for us. Even when we feel like we don't have time for him, he will be there for us. The one who is looking for us even when we're not looking for him. He's the one who will replace our sadness with joy. He's the one who will give us hope even in the midst of our doubts, our hopelessness, and our depression that we may experience. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I encourage you to do so today. He can change your life just like he did those two disciples that day. He can change your life and make it worth living once again. And I encourage you to make that decision if you've never made it. Receive Christ today and let him change your life. Let's bow for prayer.